Welcome to the Journey to Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Tim Begonia. And in today's episode, I have a special guest and we will be talking about personality types, your grief support system and what you can offer if you're trying to support someone else. And one of my favorite new things, choosing a word for the year to help guide and focus you throughout the months to come. If you're a first time listener, welcome and thank you so much for coming in and joining the show. If you're a frequent listener, I ask that you share this podcast and my website with anyone currently struggling with their own grief journey, or maybe someone who might be trying to support a friend or a family member who is currently going through their own grief. Now, Journey to Grateful is here to demystify grief with a real dialogue, real stories, and real experiences from real people like myself. If you aren't aware of my story, I invite you to listen to episode one or head on over to our website, journeytograteful.com. There I will tell you about my inspiration to create this podcast, my late wife, Colleen, and I introduce you to my contributors who have shared their various stories to help guide you on your own journey. And lastly, if you'd like the show, share your reasons by writing a review over on Apple Podcasts. Rating and reviewing the show will allow more people to be served the podcast and thus fulfill a portion of our mission to help more people through their grief journey. So thank you again for tuning in. Now let's get into the episode. Well, I am very excited to welcome my next guest, Angie Robinson. She is a leadership and life coach, as well as a brand spanking new podcaster. I'm probably saying that a little bit too early because the podcast isn't out yet, but I'll let her talk about it if she wants to. When you need somebody to help you strengthen personal connections with others, heck, with even yourself, I think she can offer a little bit of an insight and a different mindset for anybody who's listening to this podcast. This isn't going to be specifically grief-centric, but we're talking about loss in this podcast, and we are talking about all types of loss. We're connecting with people who have all types of loss. It can be people who have actually lost somebody because of death, but it can go hand-in-hand with any type of loss in your life. So without further delay, welcome, Angie. How you doing? Hi, Tim. Thanks for having me. I'm doing good. You are very welcome. Now, if you want to, please add anything to your little introduction that I may have missed, or you may want people to understand a little bit more about you. And besides the fact that we both are Disney lovers, we're going to admit that right away. That is a fact. And it is one of the things that ties us together is our obsession with Disney. Never would apologize for that. So good. Yeah, so I have a background in human resources. Actually, that's where I've spent 20-some years of my career is in HR space. I started my own coaching and consulting practice about three and a half years ago, um, really focusing on, well, I would say leadership development for the most part. The part that I love the most is a few things. One being personality types. I'm very into you know, understanding what makes people tick. Um, helping people to leverage their strengths and manage some of the areas that they want to improve on. And then the coaching side. So I'm a certified life and leadership coach. So I do some life coaching and I also do leadership coaching. What I believe is that, you know, we're all humans. We all have a human brain. And so um, that is something that 
is in common and, and we all kind of get stuck on the same things when we are looking to reach our goals. It might look different as far as what we're reaching for, but foundationally, all of us having a human brain, there's some, some really key concepts around self-awareness that everybody can use. So that's what I spend most of my time doing with leaders and then other people from a life coaching perspective. I know that uh, you and I have had many conversations. Uh, we actually were involved in the same workshop down in Orlando, created by our good friend Lou Mangello of WDW Radio, and we both had an opportunity to speak at this. And it, you know, for many people out there, you're going to think, oh, it's a conference, it's a workshop. You know, you have a stage, and you have to listen to five or six, ten people talk, and it's so not like that. It's so unlike that because there is no stage on purpose, everybody in attendance is sharing the same love of Disney, but also our entrepreneurs. And there's many different people from many different parts of the country, of the world, actually. And speakers are part of this two-day event. It doesn't matter that you're going to speak. That just happens to be a very small part of what you do. And you mentioned personality types. And in our momentum workshop that we had just this November, there are all sorts of different personality types. There are all sorts of different types of people that we interact with every single day of every single moment of every single part of our life. And I think it's personally important for me to understand my personality type. And it doesn't have to be in regards to business. It can actually help that I understand that I'm really shy and reserved and I don't like talking, right? <laughs> You're not like, um. <laughs> <laughs> but that's really quite important. I want you to speak to personality types if you can, and let me and the audience understand a little bit what that truly means, because I know you totally geek out about the personality types, right? Yeah, I do. I do. And there's so many different tools out there. Um, to kind of drill down into different types, like so many, if you Google, there's a bajillion and people are probably familiar with Myers-Briggs, maybe with a disc, yep. there's Enneagram, which is very trendy. It's that one's a little bit different. There's strengths finders. So there's so many, the one that I geek out on the most is called insights, insights, discovery. And I just love it because it breaks it down into a language that's easy for people to understand color energies. And basically, I mean, you can go super deep or you can keep it super high level. Keeping it high level, looking at kind of insights on a lot of these models, there's four different profiles. I won't necessarily go through them all, but I think what is important is everyone has, um, from a psychological standpoint, preferences. One might be for introverted kind of preferences, another for extroversion. How we make decisions. Do we make decisions from a thinking space or more from the heart, more from an intuition space? The key thing is there's this combination of preferences and then everyone has kind of a profile. And I'm putting that in quotes because what is important is that we never want to put anybody in a personality profile box, right? Because we can all shift, change, adapt in any single moment, any situation, any life event that you have that's significant can change things. Maybe it's a job that you have, you become a manager or a leader all of a sudden that shifts things. But where it's helpful is understanding kind of how you're made up um, can help answer some questions for yourself. Um, yeah, that's, and then, that's exactly yeah. where my point is that it yeah. helps me understand how to interact with people or maybe why they're giving me kind of a sideways look. 
because, oh yeah, that's right. I'm a little bit sarcastic. Perhaps you noticed this about me. Maybe a little bit. Yeah. And, uh, it helps me to understand why they might react. So yeah, it's important, right? Yeah, it is important. Um, it helps us to connect better with others for sure. But with ourselves first, I use insights in my coaching and it's kind of a first exercise. And and one thing that happens a lot of times, and I went through this, is that people tend to be apologetic when they find out kind of who they are and they do these assessments and they think, oh my gosh, this is so spot on. And now I'm a bad person because of it. Like that's the, the crux of it. I mean, I went through that myself. And and part of the work is to understand that that is not true, right? We all are unique and we need to honor that and love that and decide, are there areas we'd like to change? Sure. Let's do that. But from a clean, good space, not from a place of shame or beating ourselves up. Amen. You know, in connecting this with what I have experienced over the last 18 months after the passing of my wife, I discovered the people in my life, family, friends, uh, you know, there's many different circles. So you have the inner circles, the slightly outer circles and, and continuing They're all very, very different and they all react to what we were going through very, very differently. And I had many people supporting me on different levels. Some were, you know, really gung ho and always connecting with us. Others were kind of standing a little bit back and Mm. probably a little bit unsure of what to do or what to say more specifically. I've certainly experienced that when I've had a friend who had somebody pass in their life. That's where those personalities really can shine or show themselves. Do you agree? I do. And actually, um, gosh, you just sparked a memory in me. I recall, I must have been in my early 20s when my, the first, well, my grandfather had passed away. And it was probably (laughs) the first time that I had, that I can remember going to a funeral and being part of that whole experience. I was not, um, I guess, willing at the time to go in up to the casket. I just, I couldn't bring myself to do it. And I remember my mom with all good intention, just really giving me a hard time about that saying, you have to, you have to, if I would have known then what I know now, I think back on, I know myself and I know my style and where I am most comfortable and how I need to process things. And it's not, you know, in that, in that be upfront kind of space. So I guess the point, right, is yes, you have to honor people's way of processing, whether it's grief or change or whatever it is, everyone has a preference that's going to work for them. And knowing it's different from maybe what you do, we have to be able to honor that. I think that's a huge step understanding that not everybody is going to process the same thing, the same way you do. So you actually have to kind of take a step back and understand many of these people, certainly in my experience, many of these people who did reach out, who did try to help and who did offer support, they were doing what they could do. And I don't care what that was. I don't care if it was sending a text message and giving us a virtual hug or stopping by with four casseroles. They all meant the same thing. They all meant that, hey, we're here for you. I had one person, I've told this story many times. She contacted me. She said, I want to help help with something. I'm not a good cook, but I bake and I tend to have a coffee cake that I bake the best. I'd like to drop that off at your front door in the morning. She said, by the way, you like Starbucks, right? And I said, yeah. And she's like, what do you tend to drink when you get it? And I explained it to her. The next morning, she texted me at like 7.15. She said, on your front stoop is your 
the coffee cake. And I opened up the door and there was also my Starbucks drink that I had explained to her. Nice. And that was just so sweet and so simple. She did that probably four or five times because it was what she could do. And it's how she could show up, how she could show her support. I appreciated that so much. It it was touching. And we experienced that throughout our entire uh, situation. Because as you know, we had in-home hospice and it was for about a month. So we had many visitors. The people who felt comfortable to visit with us, they were there for us. They were there for each one of us, my children, Colleen, myself, they were there to help in any way that they possibly could. And sometimes we had the family members that said, Hey, I'd like to take the boys to a movie. That was priceless as well. Mm. Each one of these gestures of support and help all were based on those people's personality types, which yeah. kind of gets very scientific, but it's actually very real. Yeah, it is. And if you are somebody who is supporting somebody else who's going through the grieving or again, in anything in life, it's okay, right, to recognize that we all have a certain gift to give, yeah. but it's going to be unique to us and to not feel bad because, oh, I didn't bake the lasagna or I didn't <laughs> you know, do the thing. I did whatever instead, right? It's all important. It's all a gift as long as we can honor that and not beat ourselves up about it. Yeah. Yes. Very well put. Absolutely. And you do what you can do and you pay it forward when you can uh, and you show up if you can and when you can. Something that I want to make sure that every listener understands that this podcast is not just for people who have lost a loved one. This podcast is also for those people who are trying to support somebody that they know who are currently going through grief because of a loss. Those people are wandering as well. They're a little bit confused or a little bit unsure as to what they could possibly do. So I think even this part of the discussion is priceless because I've always felt it doesn't matter what you do, just do something. And again, as simple as throwing out a text. That's fine with me. You do not have to be at my front door. You do not have to bring me things. You can simply reach out. Instead of saying, hey, what can I do? You try to offer something very specific. That helps because the people who are either going through the grieving process because of the loss, or perhaps it's before the loss. Like with us, it was quite unique. Having, uh, having to get it go into hospice before the loss of my wife, we have a lot of things going on emotionally. So to take off of our plate the need to make a decision is always a good thing. You speak of personal experience with loss. Have you had very much other than your grandfather? It's been more kind of the one person removed for the most part. Um, you know, a couple of years ago, I, I did lose a, a friend kind of suddenly he was a leader in one of my organizations. And so that was obviously a difficult situation. My sister-in-law just lost her mother this past year. It's been sort of that one person removed. Your podcast has helped me from that, that point of what do I do for people? Um, because right. As that person who wants to help others, you get into the situation of, I don't know what to do. What is the right thing to do? And you've helped me kind of I don't remember, understand that there isn't a right thing. There's just do something. Yeah, absolutely. That is huge. There is not a right thing. It's, it's kind of a, your thing. It's whatever you can do. Um, so with your background and, uh, now that you are 
you know, you are not in an HR position. You are now officially leadership and life coach, which is really yes. exciting. And you're doing yes. it. You're, you're kicking butt and taking names. Let me tell you. Uh, Thanks. I have known you for just going on a year. Yeah. Because of our mastermind Zoom calls. And then, of course, we met in person finally in November. So I'm telling you, in today's world with with the pandemic and with uh, the technology and Zoom calls, you can get to know people and you can do that over the course of six, seven, eight months. And then you meet them in person. It's like you've been friends forever. That yeah. was that was wonderful when we finally had a chance to meet each other. And then you were kind of stuck with me going around <laughs> Disney World uh, after hours. Those types of friendships, no matter how long they've been in existence and no matter how far away they started or still are because I have friends when I talked at the my first momentum in 2019 that I was able to reconnect with at 2021's momentum it was like we lived next door to each other and I think that is absolutely priceless now mm -hmm. that type of an attitude when it comes to dealing with life coaching, coaching people in life and leadership, because you mm -hmm. are definitely about the, the person that is leading a team of people, which I can see goes hand in hand with a mother raising right. children, parents trying to go through life with their children. I mean, that is definitely leadership, right? right. Um, how do you, how do you get them to change their mindset and see things differently in the best way that you possibly can? How do you enlighten them and get them to go, oh, got it? Yeah. Oof, that's a, that's a good question. That's a big question. So let's see if I can make this succinct for you here and <laughs> for the listeners. I mean, honestly, going into something when, um, when it's coaching, it, it's not usually kicked off with a, let's change your mindset thing, right? Because whatever the issue is, the problem is, the goal is, it's very real to that person. If it's, I want better financial results in my business, I want my team to perform better, whatever it is, it's a very real situation, problem, circumstance. And as we dig in and have conversation, there's lots of different like tools and tactics for sure, but it, it really comes down to one of the, the most important concepts, I guess, is the mindset right? But we can't kick off with that. But when we really dig in, we find out that typically what is blocking someone from whatever it is, is their thoughts. So I'm certified through the life coach school. The life coach school uses, it's called the model. It's a concept that has been out there for a very long time, but it, they put it into this nice package called the model. Just in general, what it talks about is, you know, we have the facts of something and then we have a thought about it. Our thought is what drives our feelings. It creates a feeling within us. Our feeling drives our actions, which creates our results, right? So if I have a thought that says something like, you know, I'm never going to get ahead, it's going to create a feeling that's going to be, you know, defeated or something like that, yep. which is going to create actions that are going to be, you know, I'm going to distract myself or I'm not going to call the person I need to call or whatever it is. And the result will be proving that I'm not going to get ahead because I'm not taking the actions, right? And so that thought really makes a huge difference. Now, we can't just change the thought to say, 
I'm a superstar. I'm going to get everything I want, right? Because that might not be believable. And so what we do is we do a lot of work on uncovering what's a little bit behind that thought. Why is that happening? What's not going too deep into the past, right? We don't want to dwell on the past. We want to move forward. And then what are some other thoughts that we can think that are believable to help drive the feelings and the actions to get us toward, right? So we can have all the tools, all the concepts in the world, but if we don't have the right mind management around it, they're not going to be sustainable or really help us in the long run. I like that. I like that a lot because you're talking about a process that we probably all go through in many aspects of our life. And again, I want to stress how your expertise and your ability to deal with people in leadership positions also goes hand in hand with just people in people (laughs) positions. You're just simply saying, you know, you start with a thought that produces a feeling, then there's actions based on those feelings, and then there's results. If the thought is negative, everything else tends to end up being negative. We're looking at this as realistic thoughts, not me saying, okay, I'm going to be a millionaire next year. Well, is that a realistic thought? No, it's not. But if I want to change my mindset... And we don't necessarily attack the mindset at at first. And it just happens to be what we're doing, right? I think that that is really huge. I think that is also something that unwittingly I probably have been doing over the last year is trying to adjust my thoughts, trying to adjust how I'm feeling about things. Creating this podcast happened because I felt that people needed to kind of demystify grief because hearing people in bereavement groups talking, they were coming kind of from the same place I was. Yes, we all had loss, but they were different losses, different times apart as well. I have a bereavement group that people have had a loss six months ago or six years ago. The grief is still there, but the mindset is different on every single person based on where they are in the grief and where their mind is in their grief. I really think that if we talk, if we bring things up to the forefront, if we help each other out based on our our experiences, we can help guide others through this entire process. I didn't realize that it was actually starting off with what you just talked about, thought, feelings, actions, results. I don't want to minimize the feeling part of this too, right? And and again, this takes going through this type of work. I keep calling it work, but it's an experience, right? It's a journey. It takes time for sure, right? And having a coach or somebody, a friend, a good support system to help you through that is a game changer. I don't want to minimize though that feeling line, especially when you're going through something like grief, because oftentimes what happens is we feel like, oh, I I shouldn't feel this, whatever this uncomfortable feeling is. And that cannot be a thing, right? Life is 50-50. We have to have the uncomfortable negative feelings to go along with the more comfortable positive feelings. Oftentimes what we try to do is resist or ignore those uncomfortable feelings and that will, it'll come up at some point. It's going to manifest in some sort of buffering action, overeating, over drinking, sleeping too much, all these things. So we cannot minimize that feeling side. We have to learn how to acknowledge them, honor them, process them. We don't want to sit in them for too long because that can become dangerous too, but to really process them and give it the time that that needs. Because if you don't do that work too, changing your thoughts isn't going to necessarily work. So it's a whole process um, along the thoughts, the feelings, and the actions. 
I love that you detailed that. That is really, really important. And in no way is this podcast, is this particular episode, is our discussion here trying to say, hey, just have positive thoughts and everything will be all right. peachy keen. That's that's crap. Come on. Yes. That, that's is. not going to work. We are dealing with very, very real feelings. We are dealing with very confused people. We are dealing with lost people. We are dealing with people who are wandering because their life is now turned upside down. Things have changed in their life. My wife and I, we had plans. We had future. We understood what was happening next year, two years, five years from now. And now that's all gone. And I needed to make sure that I understood that not only my thoughts would lead to actions, which would lead to results, but I couldn't push down my feelings. I had to admit my feelings. I had to confront my feelings. And at times I still do. I mean, I'm 18 months out. I know people who are eight years out. Yeah, yeah we still cry. Yes, we still feel down. Yes, we still have really crappy days and we can't tell you why. And yes. that is just, that's real. Yeah, there is, there's is no magic huge. pill. Yeah, oh, there's oh. no magic pill. And there's it's an ongoing evolution for life every day, every situation, everything. Our brains think 50 to 70,000 thoughts a day. Most of them are sitting in our, what I call the monkey brain, the lower brain, the unconscious, <laughs> right? So this is just an everyday ongoing thing, no matter the situation. And again, we, I mean, part of the magic is bringing awareness to that so we can kind of figure out how to move forward. But again, I keep saying this all the time and I've said this to you a million times, we have to offer ourselves grace. We, we can't beat ourselves up about it. There it is, right? Because is. we have to have our own backs. If we don't have our own backs, you know, it, it's no good. So giving ourselves grace along the way every day, all the time. Okay. For my listeners, I can't, I can't stress this <laughs> enough. I am smiling and shaking my head and just kind of almost jumping up and down because I believe that you, Angie, were the first person to tell me and probably within, gosh, the first month of us meeting via our Zoom mastermind meetings, you were the first one to tell me that, to just say, give yourself grace. That is huge. It is, you know, I don't care how you say it and how you think about it. It, it just requires you to step back and allow yourself to, and then fill in the blank, allow yourself to understand that, yes, you're going through something, so give yourself a break. Allow yourself to have a shitty day. Allow yourself to smile and laugh when you have forgotten yourself because some friends came over and they reminded you. Allow yourself to feel and to be and to be okay and to not be okay because yeah, it's a roller coaster ride. Definitely. Yeah. And so I, sure. I've always appreciated that. And I don't know if I've really explained to you how much I've appreciated that. Be a little bit more gentle on yourself. Please. Yes. Life Definitely. is hard enough, right? Let's, let's uh, give ourselves some grace. Yeah. Absolutely. Now I want to challenge you with uh, allowing you to just enter into a conversation about whatever you think would be appropriate for my listeners, this podcast, and it doesn't have to be about your experience with leadership and life coaching. Yeah, It, it can just be human. It can just be whatever, just anything yeah. else that you would like to bring to the forefront and maybe offer mm. 
my listeners? Yeah, I think um, I won't go into too much detail, but I know you know about this too. You know, we're at the beginning of the year. So right now it's what the second week in January of 2022 as we're recording this. And it's that time of year where people want to kick off goals, lots of goals, lots of resolutions, those types of things, right? I don't do those. I do goals for sure, but I, I don't do resolutions. I've tried. Trust me, I've tried. Failure, no, no good. But yep. what I do every year is the one word. So people have probably heard about this concept too. And Tim, I know you're doing this this year as well, where every year I choose one word to kind of focus on, to help guide me throughout the year. It does not have to be January to December thing. It just, it's what I do, but honestly, you could do this for any, if you're kicking up a new project or I want to do three months or just really anything from a timeframe standpoint, but concept is one word that can guide you throughout the year in your decisions, in your behaviors. And there's a, there's a lot of ways to kind of figure out what that word is. Mine this year is release. I've been doing this for about nine years. And I've, I look at my words over the last nine years. It tells a story of what's been happening in my life. This year, mine is release, which is for me about releasing thoughts that get in the way that are unhelpful, um, physical clutter. That's anything that's kind of getting in my way from getting to where I want to go. So that's my word. So that's what I do is I think about what has gotten in the way this last year and what do I want a year from now to look like? Who do I want to be as a person? And what is something I can hold on to, to help me guide those actions and decisions. It might be grace for somebody. Like I'm not good at giving grace to myself. That's what I want to focus on this year. So that is just something I would say to consider. Um, We could talk probably an hour about really what that means and how to get there. But I know you've done that this year. Um, Yes. So I'm really, really happy that this is what you answered that question with. I really, really appreciate that you, that you talked about the one word, because as you were Ending last year, and we would be on some calls. You were trying to explain this to us, and you've had many posts in social media throughout December, maybe even before, about the one word. So, as much as I kept uh, hearing this in the past and kind of doing nothing about it, I thought, you know, this might actually make sense. First of all, I don't like New Year's resolutions, they have always failed. It's always been, hey, this is great. It's January, and heck, by mid February, if I get that far, yeah. <laughs> uh, the resolution was, was gone. That never worked for me. And this is a much better thing in my life. I would like to suggest it's a much better concept for everybody's life because of what it does. It's one word that you can refer back to its definition, its meaning specifically to you and in how it relates to your life throughout the entire year when you need it, or it can Mm -hmm. just be in the background when you don't. I chose this year for my word to be believe. And for me, it has so many, I mean, I should actually start writing these down because I mentioned on the call a couple of weeks ago, why I chose believe. It is so deep and there are so many reasons why I chose believe. It's believing that I can, believing that as a family, we are going to be okay, believing that there is a future, believing that we can be strong and we can honor my wife. And I absolutely am totally energized and and very happy that I've chosen believe and very happy that I'm getting into using this for the year. I think that's going to make a big difference in readjusting my thoughts 
throughout the year when I need to. I think we are all in the same boat, whether we have lost somebody or not, or whether we are supporting somebody who has lost somebody, we are constantly looking for inspiration, for strength, reassurance for somebody and somehow a little lift up. Perhaps it's as simple as a hug, something that I posted in social media about how important a hug really is. And especially because of the pandemic, I think we all can use many more hugs. I think this is kind of all of those things wrapped into the next 12 months. It is one simple word, but as you start applying it to life, and at least as I'm starting to apply it to life, it is inspirational and so much more. So I thank you for kind of pushing me in that direction. You didn't force me, which I want to be you know, clear about. <laughs> Nobody here was forced to do anything they didn't want to do. That's right. But it is, it is really, really nice. And I love that you brought this one up. I think that could be very beneficial for anybody who is listening. And this podcast and anything that I post on social media, I want to make sure that everybody understands this is put out there for the world. This is put out there for you, the listener, and for my family, my friends. And I want you to share it. I want you to share not only the podcast because, yeah, I... I want more listeners, but that's not because I want more listeners. I want to reach more people, but I want these ideas and these new thoughts that perhaps you didn't have until you heard them here. I want them to go out there and I want them to kind of spread like wildfire. You and I both know on social media, the most negative thing can spread like wildfire. And I say, dang it. Let's change that and let's switch that around. Let's get something like this to start spreading like wildfire. And yeah. let's make sure that more people are a little bit more aware of what's going on in other people's lives. Be aware that when somebody loses a, a person that's very integral in their life, they are dealing with that loss each and every day. That is one thing that is so easy to forget when I was growing up, grieving was that one or two week period when you went to a funeral, you met cousins you had never met before because they were in town. You ate a lot of food. There was a lot of people hanging around. And then once that was all over and done with, everybody went back to life. What about those days that keep going on for those people who have lost somebody? We need to be aware that reaching out to support your family member or your friend is important in the first few weeks. Don't forget them as the year goes on, as the months go on. And very similar to this one word, don't forget why you chose that one word and keep that one word in your life. Keep that one word a thread of your life. Keep them as a thread of your life as well and keep your support as a thread in their life going forward. Thank you for joining me. I appreciate everything that you added to this particular episode. I think it gets a little bit deep at times, but sometimes we need that. And I want people to understand that there are so many different things in life that we might not consider that could potentially help us. Here I am talking with you. You're a leadership and life coach. How does that connect with people that are going through grief? But it does because it's all about being human. It's all yeah. about trying to understand what we're going through in life, whatever that is. 
we just happen to have an audience that is mostly going through the grief process and they're on their journey and anything that we can do to offer some help. Thank you for having me and the work that you do. I am inspired by your podcast every single week, obviously being your friend and helping me in business as well is uh, like a side benefit, but really the work that you do with Journey to Grateful is it's amazing. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. I appreciate it. And no money has changed hands. So she didn't have to say that <laughs> just so that everybody understands. Well, thank you again. And I will talk to you uh, probably next week. You have a great rest of your week. And for our listeners, Angie can be found on angie-robinson.com. If you, you want to find out uh, how she could potentially help you, even in a personal situation, doesn't have to be in a corporate or a leadership situation. Right. She is a wonderful person to talk to, as you can see by this podcast. So thank you very much. And everybody, we'll talk to you in the next podcast. It was really wonderful chatting with Angie in this episode. We hit on so many details, all of which I believe can help you no matter where you are in your current journey. So thank you, my friends, for joining Angie and I today. And don't hesitate to contact me and give me your feedback on today's show or any episode that you have listened to. Feel free to email me at tim at journeytograteful.com. And you can find a link on the website journeytograteful.com as well. In addition, I'd like you to consider signing up for the bi-monthly newsletter where I send you resources and inspiration directly into your inbox. And do not forget, Journey to Grateful is over on Facebook and Instagram. Follow me over there and let's continue the conversation over on social. Now, before I say my final goodbye, I'd like to share with you an inspirational quote. I'm going back to the very first Journey to Grateful Instagram post and a quote by Dr. Seuss. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. I'll let that one sit for you just a moment. In a way it's saying all too often, while we are in a moment, we don't tend to see its value until we simply have the memory of it. I'd like to suggest that we all try a bit harder to see the value of a moment while we were actually in the moment. I can say I honestly saw the value of the moment I was just in with my friend Angie, and I appreciated the memory we had just made. What a nice way to consider walking through life, if only we try. So I will say goodbye, and until next episode, thank you again, my friends, for joining me. I hope you continue to walk confidently on your own journey to grateful. Bye-bye.